Welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Every week we hear from women just like us that are being intentional to know Jesus more and to make him known. Here's your host, Carmen Halsey. Hi, ladies, and welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. I hope your week is going well. Today, I'm joined by a friend, Caitlin Dilge. Hi, Caitlin. Hi. Ladies, you're going to get a chance to meet Caitlin and hear a little bit of her story and, you know, and how God is working in her life and where he's leading her. But I'm having some fun with her because Caitlin is getting married in how many days? Oh, gosh, I haven't started the countdown of days, but really just here in a few months. Uh, I'm getting married on November 11th. So yeah, November 11th. And and ladies, all her wedding is happening in Egypt. So all the planning, she even flew to Egypt to meet her bridal party. Have I got that right, Caitlin? Yes, I did. I got to meet the family, some of the bridal party. It was super awesome. Well, tell us about that. You know, the ladies want to know, what do you mean you're going to Egypt to get married? Tell us about this, this going to be groom of yours. Okay. <laughs> so back in the very end of July of last year, I got this wild idea from my mom to set up a Christian Mingle account. Didn't really think anything would come of it. And so I just set one up and I had it for about a week and, you know, wasn't really seeing much there. And all of a sudden I find this profile of this guy and he was from Tennessee. He was a dental student in Memphis, and he was originally from Egypt. And one thing that really caught my eye on his profile was how he talked about, you know, one of his goals was being able to help people who couldn't afford dental care. And just just seeing his heart and some of the things he wrote in his profile, he had a, he had a heart for God and heart for helping people. And that just kind of drew me to him. So I liked his profile and then he liked my back and we started talking and in September we went on our first date and it just it just kind of went from there. We started dating and then in December he proposed to me and so now we're engaged and we've been planning a wedding ever since and it's just it's been super amazing. I mean the only way I can describe it, it is, it has all been completely God ordained. It was totally a God thing. I've had a sense of peace ever since I met him and first started talking to him. You know, we both connect really well. We love kids ministry. We love serving in the church and it's, it's been super awesome. So I'm very, very excited, but yeah, I got to fly out in June of this year and I got to go meet his family in Egypt. Uh, we worked on some wedding plans while we were there. I got to meet a couple of my bridesmaids. So it was just a really fun and exciting time. His family is super sweet. All of them are believers. They just kind of made me feel like one of their own. So it was it was a wonderful experience. I, I feel so blessed. Well, I'm having fun watching from a distance. And so <laughs> why, why is this wedding in Egypt? Well, mainly because his family, some of his family members weren't going to be able to come over here for the wedding. And I really felt like it would be special if both of our families could be there. So we figured we would just fly out there and we'd all have the wedding and we'd all get to celebrate with everybody in Egypt and then, you know, come back here and have a reception for uh, the people here who couldn't make it there. So yeah, my whole family's going over there, so we'll all be able to celebrate together. So I'm I'm very thrilled about that. It is fun. I know your mom, I consider her a dear friend and 
as I'm listening, I'm always asking her questions. Hey, how are the arrangements going? And it's, I just can't even fathom, you know, international travel with the families, one thing, let alone when you're planning your only daughter's wedding and all the details with it. It is definitely a challenge of uh, planning it in a different country, but his family and his friends over there, they've all been super helpful. He's been super helpful. His, his name is Andrew, by the way. Caitlin, I know we talked a little bit about Andrew and, you know, how he he wants to use his vocation to help serve under underprivileged kids or people that don't have access to, to good dental care. But I also know because you were in one of our leadership cohorts, so I got to get I got the opportunity to get to know you a little bit. I know you also had a heart for ministry and a desire for God to be able and felt not only a desire for him to use you, but you felt he was leading you into into ministry. You may not have known exactly what that looked like. So tell the ladies a little bit about that call on your life also. Yeah. So just for starters, I was raised in church. As long as I can remember, my parents have always you know, stress the importance of being in church, being in the word. So, you know, to me, it was always a given that you serve in some capacity, but it's really been in the last few years that God has just used some different circumstances to really draw me closer to him and give me more of a passion for serving, just really opening my eyes to the needs of people. And some of those circumstances have been hard. Um, I've had a couple of really difficult seasons uh, just with some broken relationships in multiple areas of my life. And, you know, it's it's opened my eyes to some of it, the ugly side of people, and some of it also the hurting side of people. Uh, just in those hard seasons of life, God has opened my eyes to some needs. And also through doing Bible studies, like going through experiencing God, I think that's one tool that God has also used to slowly start igniting that desire to help people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Caitlin, now you're young. How old are you? I am 24. 24. So definitely young, but very mature and wise for your age. And just because I've had the privilege of, of getting to know you a little bit, I know your heart is real and it's genuine. And we're celebrating, right? We're celebrating this wedding. It's just, you know, it's a few short weeks away and there's lots of excitement around that. But I also know that this journey has come with a lot of heartache in the past. And I know that's part of your story, and that's not the only reason I invited you today, but it's one of the key reasons, because it's not often that we get to sit at the end of someone's story, you know, or it's not the end of the story, but we get to we, we get to join in on the celebration, but someone looks back over the hurt and realizes that God was there. He was there the whole time. And you've alluded to that a little bit, you know, as far as you, you know, some broken relationships. So if you're comfortable or however much you're comfortable with, will you share a little bit of that story for our listeners? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, there's been a couple of dark seasons of my life that I have walked through in the past few years, like the past, I think, four years. And one of the main ones was I had a broken engagement about four years ago. And I mean, I think it goes without saying that that came with a lot of heartache and a lot of a lot of grief, you know, and at the time, I didn't understand. I didn't understand why it happened. I didn't understand why God allowed it to happen. You know, reflecting back on it now, it's been several years, but I know for sure that we were both immature. We were both spiritually immature neither of us were seeking after God the way we should have been. And of course, as you know, when you're not seeking after God, 
especially when both parties aren't seeking after God the way they should be, that will eventually blow up in your faces. I was kind of at a loss because that was just something that I didn't see coming. I'm the kind of person who, you know, I think, okay, everything's going to go this way. I feel secure in that. And then when you have a major change like that, I I panic. I'm I'm the kind of person who panics when things change. And of course, um, in an engagement and such a serious relationship, you kind of have your whole life mapped out in your head. So when that broke off, I felt lost. I felt completely lost, like my my whole identity and everything. It was like I didn't see a future. And that kind of left me in a dark place for a while. Just a lot of guilt and shame and asking God over and over, why? I don't I don't understand. And, you know, I really owe a lot to my mom because it was her at the time who, you know, she saw that I was kind of spiraling. I just I was drifting. I didn't know what to do. And she actually encouraged me to go to counseling. And right off the bat, my knee jerk reaction was no, I'm not I'm not going to therapy. I don't need therapy. I'm fine. You know, I can get through this on my own. And, you know, I didn't really understand the concept of therapy very well. So, you know, I was afraid that, you know, it might make me look bad or, you know, that it wouldn't help. I just, I was scared of it. But through some gentle encouragement, I finally started realizing, okay, I'm not getting through this on my own. I'm not healing on my own. And kind of started realizing that this might be, this might actually be a tool that God had placed in my life. This wasn't, you know, like a God or therapy deal. I realized this might be something he had put in my life. And it was. I mean, I I cannot tell you what a blessing it was because this lady that became my therapist, she's wonderful. She's so sweet. And she's also a believer. And so whenever I would come in for sessions, she would pray for me. She would pray for me beforehand. She would pray for me after. And, you know, she would walk through it with me. A lot of her therapy, you know, a lot of it was like talk therapy, just talking through and processing things and just unpacking what had happened. But a lot of her advice, it was very biblically based, it was very biblically grounded. You know, she would encourage me to do things, little things like write out my prayers, uh, to journal them. And she would encourage me to write my verses on sticky notes and put them on my wall just as reminders that God was there. And so little by little, through her help and also through just the encouragement of family and friends, you know, I started to come out of that darkness and I started to see a little bit of direction in my life. And of course, I, I did really well. I was doing I was doing great for a couple of years. I love martial arts. I love self-defense. So I was kind of getting back into that, kind of wanting to teach some self-defense. But a couple of years after that, and this has been about two years ago, I just got back down into another dark place. And I've noticed a pattern through these difficult seasons. And this is a tool of Satan's. Satan often uses our our dark thoughts and our, our greatest fears to isolate us. And I dealt with a lot of a lot of that, just a lot of hearing these voices from Satan just telling me that I wasn't good enough, I wasn't adequate. And like I said before, I can be a fearful person. I can be somebody who panics and I just get drowned out by my own voices. And that was a tool that Satan used. He used that, you know, after this broken engagement. And this was especially painful after, you know, having had that uh, relationship end. But I was seeing friends that were getting married and going off and 
starting these new lives. And, you know, something about that was hard for me because at that point I felt like I was in a period of transition and I didn't know where to go. I didn't have any sense of direction. I didn't know where God was calling me to. I just felt stuck. And, you know, Satan used that opportunity to just pounce on me and tell me, you know, you're not going to go anywhere. You're not good enough. And just really dragged me down until I felt like I couldn't hear God's voice. I didn't know where God was. So I ended up going back to therapy and I was in an, a pretty dark depression for a few months. And once again, through therapy and through encouragement from my family and friends, God brought me out of that. And only God could have brought me out of that. It was through him and through hearing his voice and through reading his word and studying scripture that I started to see the light again. And so those have been a couple of really, really hard seasons in my life. But one thing that I've also learned is those are seasons. Things come and go in seasons. And this is something that I also would hear my mom say frequently. Some things are only for a season. You know, sometimes relationships are only for a season. You know, difficult times in your life are only for a season. You know, there's good times in your life, too, that are only for a season, but they will pass. And I believe that there is a verse, Ecclesiastes 3.1, and it says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And the passage continues on. But that was something that I kind of kept in my heart was there's a season for everything. And God is going to walk you through each of these seasons, the good and the bad. He's always, always walking beside you. That's good. I know you had told me before that you often go back to the story of Abraham because you said, you know, fear has been such a common theme in your life. You know, and and you'd also referenced um, as you walk through the experiencing God study. And I know you had told me previously through looking at those realities that Blackaby brings out in experiencing God, you can look back and realize you were never walking alone. God was always he was always there. And so at 24 years old, you've you've lived some life, you've experienced some suffering. And and I think sometimes as believers, we even though we say the words, oh, we're not going to be immune for suffering. It still sort of catches us off guard, I think, when it hits our doorstep. It's kind of like, okay, somebody told us to expect it, but we really weren't living a reality that it was going to come in our door or in such a personal way as it often does. And what you're describing, and I appreciate you sharing some of that story it was very personal. And you referenced your mom and thankful for her and, and her walking with you and others walking with you. But you live something that you, you've you went places that only God could go with you. You know, there's some places people can walk. There's other places you just have to go in, in those dark places. God doesn't leave us, but sometimes our eye can't see him, but we just keep leaning in and leaning in with everything in us and fighting. You know, and that's where I always look and say, by faith, I believe my I can't see it. My emotions aren't feeling it right now, but by faith, I believe. And you just cling with everything in you, trusting that God is there and he is. But trusting that that eventually you're going to walk out of that dark, that dark spot, too. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, going back to what you said, sometimes your eye can't see him, your emotions can't feel him. And I think that's the scariest because we rely sometimes so much on our emotions, this idea of feeling God. But, you know, I had plenty of moments, especially when I was in that depression, I could not feel God. I felt like there was just this dark, dark cloud suffocating me. And that's just that's how deep Satan got into me. 
you know, with these, these voices and just these awful thoughts that I had, I could not feel God. And I just kept looking to scripture, just, just clinging, clinging to God because I could not feel him. And, you know, looking back on it now, I know he was there with me the whole time. I can see it just in, you know, these these little glimpses, you know, just these, these little ways that he was there. And he brought me out of that. And again, only he could have brought me out of that. That is the testimony that I feel like he has created out of what I went through is he's there. Amen. Amen. How hard was it to trust again? It, it was definitely a bit of a challenge, Andrew. I, I, I trust him completely. And, but trusting God, I had a moment with God one evening. And this was after I'd had my first date with Andrew. And I was about to get into bed and I was feeling great. I was, you know, I had all these butterflies. I was thinking, oh man, is he the one? This, this is going great. We've been talking for a while and just, I felt really good about everything. You know, it was already just starting to get attached, starting to hinge my hopes and dreams on this. And as I was getting into bed, God stopped me in my tracks, like just stilled me. I had this, this moment of just clearly hearing him speak to me. And he said very distinctly, if I took this away from you, this thing that you're already hoping and trusting in, would you still trust me? Would you still follow me? Would you still believe that the plans I have for you are better? And of course, I just kind of stop right there and I'm like, whoa, what? (laughs) Why would you take this away? You know, things are going great from what I can tell. I felt like, you know, this had a chance of being successful. And I stopped and I had to really think. And I was just reminded in that moment of all the times that God has been faithful to me, you know, been faithful to me in my life, you know, faithful in the lives of other people whose testimonies I've heard and faithful in the lives of people that I read about in scripture, you know, going back to Abraham, he pulled Abraham out of a city that he was comfortable with and familiar with and said, I'm going to send you to this land that I've promised you that's good. I'm not going to tell you exactly how to get there. You just have to trust me and follow me day by day. And, you know, thinking back on that, I had to stop and tell myself, God has been faithful. He's been so faithful. He's been faithful to the people in the Bible. He's been faithful in the lives of friends and family around me. And he's been faithful to me. So if God is telling me, or if God does tell me, stop, wait, I have a better plan for you, then what reason do I have not to trust him after all that he's done for me, after all that he's brought me through? And, you know, in that moment, I stopped and I said, yes, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm absolutely not going to understand, you know, what your reasoning is for this, but you've been faithful to me. And I'm not going to let my fear overcome that faith. And so I told him, yes, I got into bed. I slept well. The next thing I knew, I was planning my second date with Andrew. And like I said, from there, the rest is history. We got engaged. We're getting married. So yeah, just what God has done in my life. How can I not trust him? Amen. Amen. You said that so well, because it is a walk. Everything's for a season and we don't, we don't know and we trust and it is step by step, step by step, but step by step. God promises and he is so true to his word that he says, what, I'll be a lamp to your feet and a light into your path. And it's only sometimes in pausing. And I just picture you right now, Caitlin, How many times in the dark have you sat in your quiet with God and looked back and seen how he's lit a path 
and here stands Andrew now. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but here stands Andrew. And I think of all the dark that he had to take you step by step or the times you stood there not knowing how to step. And that's okay. He was still right there with you. God has been faithful and I'm so blessed. And back then in that moment, I had no idea what God was going to do. I I didn't know if his plan was even for me to get married, but I knew one thing was for sure that he was going to give me a hope and a future like he promises in Jeremiah 29 11. He had it all planned out and I knew that whatever plans he had for me would work out for good. But I'm so thankful that they came in the form of my wonderful fiance. I love <laughs> We are celebrating that too. And and I tell your mom, she she has dental insurance provided now. <laughs> so that's yes. a good that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yes. Caitlin, we have to wind down. I always hate these parts of the podcast because we have to wind down. And I am so thrilled that you said yes, that you would join me and, and share a little bit of your story. But what would you say to the woman that's listening that maybe has walked a similar journey or maybe she's there right now or somebody that doesn't even know this story is in her future what would you say to that person maybe struggling with fear or dark spot or questioning counseling or questioning the plans that God may have for her life well like I said I still go back to Jeremiah 29 11 for I know the plans that I have for you uh, plans to help you not to harm you to give you a hope and a future and that's a verse that I've just clung to all my life. And in those dark moments, you may not feel like God is there. You might feel like you're just floundering and, you know, wondering where he's at, but he is still there and he's always going to be there. And, you know, there are going to be different tools and different people that he places in your life for these different seasons. And, you know, for me, those tools were just my friends, my family, and therapy. And, you know, when he places those tools in your life, use them. He will work great things through them, and he will work great things in you. And that was another thing that I remember from experiencing God. God works in you before he works through you. So just in that dark season, just hold on, keep praying, keep holding on. And God absolutely does not waste pain. He will use it uh, as a time to grow us and to develop us if we'll let him. And also he will use it to show himself and to show who he is. Amen. Caitlin, do you mind if I share your contact information in the episode notes in case somebody's walking a similar journey or has and wants to reach out to you? Of course not. Go right ahead. All right. We will do that. We will do that. And I've got to ask this. I'm just going to speak for the ladies. I always say, will you share a photo of yourself that we can share on our social media when we put your podcast out? But you know we want a picture of Andrew also because the ladies are going to want to see. So may- maybe we can have a picture of him too. What do you I, think? I think I can make that happen, yes. That's fantastic. That's great. Caitlin, thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Carmen. I enjoyed it. I appreciate it. All right, ladies, if you're listening, we thank you and we ask, please share the podcast with somebody that you know that may benefit from it. I hope you have a great rest of your Friday. Have a wonderful weekend, a blessed Sabbath, and we'll see you back here next week on the Priority Now podcast. You've been listening to the Priority Now podcast with host Carmen Halsey. Resources mentioned today are listed in the episode notes in the podcast app. Stay connected with us through social media and our website, ibsa.org slash women.